Welcome, the few, the brave. It's been, uh, it's been quite a year, and over the last two weeks, um, in a year's amount of time, we've seen the most people finally starting to feel comfortable coming back, getting vaccines, all that sort of thing, and then time change happens. They lose one hour of sleep, and they're completely messed up. And what's going to happen is all of those people are going to try to come to the next service, and we have limited seating now. You did good. You did good coming here, because I don't know what we're going to do. We'll cram them in somehow, but it's going to get very fascinating. I'm glad you're here, because we're finishing up a series on prayer. Uh, we started this a few weeks ago, and we're doing it because uh, prayer, in our view of it, is a chance for you to reveal your heart to God and for God to reveal his heart to you. It's about a form of communication that's necessary. In fact, I don't think you can find a relationship that you have that exists without communication. Maybe you have a sense that you still know somebody without communication. I would call that maybe a fan or maybe you're a paparazzi digging through somebody's garbage. You're collecting information and you know them in your mind. Like there's this... Um, this is a rapper I enjoy. The band's name is NF. His name is Nate. And he writes all kinds of stuff about his life in his music. And I could tell you, I know Nate, based on the information that I could give to you. Let me give you some of the stuff that I know about Nate. I know he was abused as a kid and ended up in foster care. I know his mom struggled with a pill addiction that eventually took her life. I know that he um, struggles believing that everybody who gets close to him will eventually want to leave him. I know that he shudders around people who are drunk, physically shakes because of what happened to him when they were drunk. He's full of anger he has fear from all of that in his life. And I could look at you and say, listen, look at all this information. I know him. I know Nate. But I want, I want you to see a lyric that he put in one of his songs. I wanted to show you this. He said, I hold my issues up for all the world to see, like show and tell. A lot of people know me, but they don't know me well. Why does he say that? I've never had a conversation with him. Never, never let him express his heart. I know all of this stuff about him. And here's the question that comes to my mind. I wonder, I wonder if God sometimes feels this way. A lot of people know me, but they don't know me well. You, you have a scripture, and so you know what's in there. You know that Jesus came you know that I've sent the Holy Spirit for you. You know all of this stuff and you're full of knowledge. But I want more than that. I want some sort of relational connection with you. I don't want you just to know me. I want to know you well. And that requires communication. It requires prayer. And so we've been, we've been stepping into it and trying to figure some stuff out because there's a lot of questions on people's minds when it comes to prayer. Like, they wonder... Is there a right way to pray? And so we dealt with that the first week. I don't know if you remember this, but we put up a little acronym that spells out hearts. And we looked at there's a lot of different ways for you to pray. And it would probably be um, helpful for you to learn to pray some different ways so you can engage God with your heart in a lot of different ways. And so we, we found a way to start experimenting with all of that. 
Why? Because there's not a single right way to pray. In fact, there's types of prayer in the scripture that we didn't even get to. What God's concerned about is you finding a way to reveal your heart. So um, we started moving through, and we got into some other questions that we were talking about. We talked the next week about what does it mean to ask God, and we talked about all of that. And then um, kind of in the middle of that series, I'm at home with my wife, and she's like, you know, Blair, this is an interesting series, and it's helpful, but it's also starting to frustrate me. And I want, I want to show you a picture of what I mean when I say it was frustrating her. It looked a little bit like this, right? Um, although... My wife would never wear a dress like that. So it's, that's the only part that doesn't work for that, right? Yeah, she's, she's a calm person, but she was really frustrated because she said, now it feels like I don't know if there are right things to say or things I have to avoid with God. And I, I don't want that. And so I was like, just be patient because the following week we talked about motives. Talked about the motive that you go to God with is really important. In fact, um, we said, listen, the motive that you talk with any friend with is important. If they think that you're just out to use them, take advantage of them, that you're only with them for status or for whatever reason, how long will that friendship last? Now, God's long-suffering. He's going to tolerate a lot of stuff from us for a long period of time. But the scriptures make it clear that our motives matter. In fact, let me give you... Let me give you this tool that I've used um, over the course of my life that I think is really helpful. And if you're not using it, I think it would help you as well. Find any healthy relationship that you have, any really good healthy relationship that you have, and look at the components that make that thing work. And then ask yourself, do I have any of that showing up in my relationship with God? Do I have any of that going on with my relationship with God? Uh, see, the disciples asked the question, how do we pray? How do we go about doing that? And so God gave him examples. He's like, he gave him an example, but he wasn't saying, I want you to just do this and only this. He was trying to create an understanding of how they would approach God. And it turns out, you would approach God the same way you would approach another friend. You would give them your time and your full attention. I hear this from my wife on a very regular basis. I want not just your time, but your full attention. Oh, I have to put my phone down? I mean, what is happening here? Yes, full engagement is what I require. No different with God. And that's what I'm saying. I think you can look at all of these different things that you do to communicate and you can find an example of something that's healthy and you can look at that and go, if I have elements of that in my relationship with God, I'm probably moving to something that's healthy. But if I don't, if I don't have anything where I check my motive, if there's nothing where I give my time and attention, if there's nothing where I'm revealing my heart and actually communicating with God, then it's possible that you know him, but you don't know him well. Now, I, I love that tool. I've used it. Um, I think it's helped me in life kind of make adjustments that I needed to make so that I could actually have a connection with this almighty God. But, but here's um, one problem. <laughs> that question breaks down at some level. 
It's only good so far. Because what God wants with you is so unique and so different, it's unlike any other friendship or connection that you would ever experience in life. And so today, I want to I take some of those things and I want to lay them out before you because I'd like to encourage you to pray. I want to encourage you to start opening up your heart and talking to God and listening for him to reveal himself back to you. I think it's critical for your life. But I, I want you to get a picture of why that relationship is so unique. You should be willing to consider doing that. And I'm, I'm going to talk about four things Four things that I think that are really different than any other friendship relationship that you could have. And we're going to get to that by starting with a song. Take it away, guys. song was sung from the perspective of somebody who was famous, but I got to tell you, 
I have heard the sentiment of that song expressed more in the last three to five years by, from people than I've ever heard in my life. People who have good families, good jobs, they're doing well in school, they've got friends, and there is still something about their experience that makes them express that I am just full of loneliness. I want you to see something. I want you to see the final words of Jesus to his followers. He's about to leave them. They're about to face the Roman Empire. It's going to be brutal. He's, they're about to face a world that doesn't have their shared values. It's going to be uphill battle. And this is the last sentence that comes out of his mouth to them. This is Matthew chapter 28. And surely... I'm with you always to the very end of the age. We all have connections, relationships in this world that are meaningful and important. If you don't, you're seeking it. But not one of them can say this. I will never leave you alone. In fact, if they tried to stay with you 24-7, you'd get irritated after a while. It would be a bit much. I, um, I have a wife who loves me. But there have been moments in my life where I was overwhelmed by the situation I was in. I would even, I was depressed a few times. And it didn't matter that I had this person in my life who loved me and cared for me. You know the thing that made a difference? I was connecting with God, and he met me. He did it through a, a scripture where he said, Blair, pay attention. This is about you right now. I need you to listen. He, he's done it through a song. He did it through quiet reflection time where his spirit talked to my spirit. And basically said, I know what you're going through, and it's going to be okay. Not, not okay in that it's going to turn out the way you like it, because it didn't turn out the way I liked it. It was going to be okay because I could go through that and make it to the end because I wasn't alone. There was a purpose. And as soon as I recognized that he was in it with me, my whole perspective changed. I wasn't alone before, but there is something different about Almighty Creator God revealing that He is there alongside you every step that you take, and He knows what you're going through. You're not hidden to Him, and He loves you. There is not a single relationship that you have that comes with that kind of intensity. You are never alone. Now because of that, it actually leads to another thing that's kind of unique in the scriptures when it comes to this idea of prayer. Uh, it almost seems like an impossibility. It's a, a verse with two words. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It says, pray continually. Some of the versions say, pray without ceasing. 
and you're like, that's impossible. Like, I've got to sleep. I've got to go to work. I have, I have things that I have to do. This isn't, this isn't possible, so I don't know why they're asking me to do this. Well, there's stuff that's going on here that God wants us to know about. See, if you believe that he's with you, that you're never alone, that means that you're going about your day and God is there with you along every step of the way. And what, what I think is going to eventually happen is you're going to stop rolling a dice that gives you a type of prayer to practice that day, and you're going to start walking through your day. And as you experience that moment, you're going to realize that God is with me, and because he's with me right here, right now, I can have a conversation about this. And in the heat of that moment, you'll honor God for who his character is. Or something's going to happen, and you're going to go, oh my word, I'm so blessed today, and you're going to talk to God about that immediately. Or there's going to be stuff that you're wrestling with, and so you just decide to sit in quiet, just in case God wants to inform you. And what you're going to find is you're going to go through a day where you're going to use multiple types of prayer over and over and over again. Why? Because this pray continually is about an attitude that you have that you carry because you know God's with you. And because he's with you, it doesn't matter what you're facing, when you're facing, or how you're facing it, there is somebody that you can engage and talk with about. And if you have a lot of different ways to pray, you'll engage those on an ongoing basis. Because what God's interested in is open, honest, and ongoing communication from you. And it's going to happen all the time, no matter what you're doing in your day. Seems odd to think that God might show up when you're doing laundry or the dishes, but he's there. He's there in that meeting that's difficult at work. He was there. And you can have a conversation with him about that. And it becomes an attitude that you carry that's looking for God because you desire to connect with him because you know he wants to reveal his heart to you. And so it just becomes the way you do things. Now, this third one that I want to talk to you about, um, it might sound like, well, God and people do this, and they do, but there's a really big difference. So let me, let me start this way. Have you ever had a friend uh, that seems to be really good at cutting through all the baloney and getting to the, like, this is the real point of the matter? They somehow see the root issue and maybe they do it by asking a lot of questions, or they listen, or they, they do these probing things, and it's a little annoying when it happens, and then they're like, and I think this is what's going on, and you're like, that is it. How'd you come up with that? And you identify that friend as somebody who has some wisdom or maybe some discernment, and they become really valuable in your life because of that ability to do that. I want you to see this. Um, in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 2, it says this, A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. See, there's somebody else in your life that has the ability to look into the core of who you are and know when you're confident and going in the right direction that it's not. See, uh, part of what this uh, prayer thing does is when you open yourself up to have God reveal his heart to you, sometimes 
what he does is he reveals your own heart to you. You thought you were right. You thought you had this figured out. You were going in this direction. But because you were open to the leading of God in your life, he communicated something that even you didn't understand. No, 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 no. I know you think this is right. But I've looked into your heart. This is not the right direction for you. I want you to take a step back. And becomes this valuable. By the way, he does this in a couple ways. And what makes him really different than your friends, he's 100% right every time. Like he doesn't read stuff into it. Um, and, and he does this too. This is in Romans 8.26. I love this. Again, this is about his ability to look into your heart and know what's going on. The scripture says this. In the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Have you ever looked at that friend who was trying to get stuff out of you because you were not in a good place? And they were asking probing questions. They were asking all kinds of stuff. And the only answer you had for them was, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know why I'm upset. I don't know what's happening to me right now. And it's legitimate. You, you do not know. There is a connection with God. With somebody who actually knows. In fact, knows so well that when you can't even pray about it, the Spirit is taking it before God on your behalf. Because you're clueless. And it hasn't been revealed to your heart yet. But he's still interceding on your behalf. There, there is not a single friend that you have, even the wise discerning ones, who can cut through, I don't know, and still get somewhere, but God can. And if you're engaging with him, if you're opening your life up to that relationship, it has a way of getting at the core issues that maybe you don't even know or understand powerful. I want, I want to look at one more. It's kind of a question. It's kind of a statement. It's both. It's back in Exodus chapter 15, verse 11. It says this, who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? Who's like you, creator God? Who's like you with your justice? Who's like you with your power? There's nobody like you. And, and for me, uh, this has been a really helpful thing to understand because I've used that concept of God is my friend like every other friendship I would have, except this one's really different. And if you get this part wrong, you could be missing out on something important because God's not your buddy. He's powerfully stronger. C.S. Lewis used to write allegories. He would write stories um, that would try to help us understand the kingdom of God by using pictures that we would understand. And in one of those, he made um, God out to be like a lion. And somebody was on the way to meet this lion. And they were like, wow, that sounds risky and dangerous. But it's okay, right? Because he's safe. And the person who, who responds to that said, of course he's not safe. But he's good. He's good. You have an opportunity 
to gain access to an almighty, powerful God, creator of the universe, who knows you better than you know yourself. And sometimes there's a lack of awe and wonder and amazement on our part for who he is and the fact that he actually made himself available to us. I know me. Why, why would he do that? Why would he spend time hanging out with me? It's because of who he is. And it ought to bring a sense of awe and wonder into that relationship. There is no other relationship that you have with somebody who is that powerful and still that loving and kind. Doesn't exist. And it's available if you would start engaging, connecting, finding a way to pray, to open yourself up to where God is working in your heart. I think this combination of, man, he's my friend, and he's this almighty God, uh, could be seen pretty easily in the last week of Jesus' life. He's uh, sitting around a table. They're having a Passover meal with his disciples, a literal meal. They're just eating, hanging out, literally lounging next to each other, eating bread, talking. Jesus is washing feet. He's doing all of these things that are normal kind of stuff. And in the middle of that, he decides to change up the Passover meal just a little bit because he knows what's about to happen He knows he's about to take a step down a pathway that will cost him greatly. And he wants his disciples to be able to look back and know how incredible it was what he was about to do. And so he instituted this idea of communion. And uh, we're going to practice it today, but it's going to be really different than what we've ever done before. So we're going to change the style of what we do, and we're going to change how um, we're going to even prepare for it and do it. And I hope you'll just kind of give yourself to that, because we're going to give you some opportunities to connect with God right now. And so we're going to work through some of the little acronym that we've got. Uh, The scriptures talk to us about, um, as we come to remember him, that one of the things that he would like to see us do is to make sure our own house is cleaned up before we'd make that decision. So one of the types of prayers we talked about was examine and confess. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you just some quiet time just to sit here for a minute. And I want you to ask God if anything needs to be swept out of your heart right now. Does anything need to be confessed that would get in between you and him right now? So ask him and then be quiet and see if he has anything to reveal to you. We're going to start there, and then I'm going to give you instructions, and we'll keep going about this until um, communion's done, okay? Would you bow your heads and just offer God an opportunity to examine your heart?
okay, here's what I'd like you to do. This is, again, we're doing something different. Um, we didn't think people would dip their little thing in everybody's cup and everybody would be thrilled about that at this point. I'd love to get back to that someday. But here's what I'd like you to do. Um, back in the corners of this room, there are two tables. On the table is just a little cup with a little wafer on top. If you would get up and go get one of those and come back to your seat, that would be great. If you want to get it for everybody in your row, that's fine. If you're gluten-free, we, um, sorry, we forgot about you. But then we remembered you, and we went out, and they're cheese crackers. You'll be okay, right? It, we, it's the best we could do. There's some cheese crackers on the back plate. Take a little cup, take a cheese cracker. Don't eat the little one that's on top of it. But if you could get that and come back to your seat, then we'll keep going, okay? Go ahead and do that now. Band, if you'd come up. Okay, there's a little film on the top of that. If you'd peel that open and get the little wafer out, then let's take the lights back down, guys, if you would. In Luke chapter 22, it tells us that Jesus took the bread, he gave thanks and broke it, and he gave it to them, and he said, this is my body, given for you, do this in remembrance of me. He knew that he was about to be beaten. He'd be flogged. They'd throw thorns on his head. They'd stab him in the side. He, he was about to take on immense abuse with his body. And he wanted them to remember that he was doing that out of compassionate love for them. Almighty Creator God, humbling himself, allowing himself to be beaten and bruised for mankind. So I want to ask you to take and take that wafer and I want you to then remember the, the stuff that you have to be thankful for because of that choice. So we're going to ask you to take the cup or take the bread, just take the bread right now, and then I want you to bow your heads and just tell God what you're thankful for this morning thankful for a sacrifice, thankful for whatever that comes to your heart and mind, reveal that to God this morning. Verse 20, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup. There would have been one cup in their communion. It would have been refilled four different times. This is a time that they had never seen before. They'd never seen this kind of thing happen before. Jesus said, this cup, this new one, is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. 
wasn't just that he was going to take a lot of physical abuse. He knew that this was going to end with his life being given for mankind, for you, for me. And he wanted them to understand that this sacrifice was going to cost Jesus everything. I'm letting it all hang out. So as you take that cup, ask you to remember the sacrifice of his blood. And after you do that, I want you to bow your head. And I want you to honor God for the character that he has, that, ha that he's shown in your life. Go ahead and take the cup now.